Folks, let me give you some friendly advice. Do not be the creative who spends thousands and thousands of your hard-earned dollars on equipment each year without spending one penny on your marketing. If there's ever been a time to rise above the noise and do something just a little bit different to impress your leads and wow your clients, I would say now's that time. And my favorite way to do that is by leveraging print promotion using the photography that I am the most proud of. So our amazing friends at Bay Photo Lab have almost every product that you can think of, from magazines to photo books to promo cards that you can leave behind. And listen, if you just want something to dazzle your office or living space at home with, well, they have options for that too. You can get prints and wall displays from basically every style, from canvas to metal to acrylic. And the best part is you can get 25% off your first time order just by going to bayphoto.com, signing up today. They ship everywhere in the world, folks, and all their products look incredible. So do yourself a favor, start leaving an impact, whether it's for your personal memories at home or for your professional marketing at work. Bay Photo Lab, designed by photographers for photographers. You are listening to Entrepreneurs, a podcast that inspires photographers and visual artists who live their best creative lives. My name is Michael Durr. I am your host and a full-time photographer here to give you some tools so you can build your life in creative self-employment. Beyond that, I get to sit down with an amazing community of creative professionals to talk about process, business, and the lessons that have helped them grow. So let's get to it. Entrepreneur Season 2, kicking off next. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 66 of Entrepreneurs. My name is Michael Durr. I am your host. Glad to have you tuning in and supporting the show. Now, before we get going, don't forget to like and subscribe to the show, but please only do so if you are getting any value out of this content. I want to be very clear about that. If it's not valuable, no offense taken. Thanks for kicking the tires on us for just a few minutes out of your day. But if it is giving you some value, I would love to hear from you in some form. Reviews, likes, subscriptions, shares, we take them all here at Entrepreneur. So thank you in advance for that. Now, today I wanted to talk a little bit about gear. And I know it's a very easy topic to discuss. It's certainly not a very deep or enriching topic overall, but I do think it has value. And it's one that I certainly admittedly love. I love hearing about process. I love hearing about what strategies photographers are using, what gear they are using. And as someone who has worked a variety of different jobs over the past seven or so years, uh, I've seen a lot of different tactics when it comes to what gear you bring to what assignment. So sports photographers use different tools than product photographers. That's no surprise. Journalists might use different tools than someone in advertising. And videographers would obviously use different tools than just pure still shooters. Now, there aren't many universal hard and fast rules about you know what to use in what situation. But there are tendencies that I think seem pervasive among industry pros. And so today I want to talk a little bit about wedding photographers and why they gravitate towards prime lenses so frequently as opposed to zoom lenses. So let's begin. The first reason why primes are so favored by wedding shooters, in my opinion, is simply because wedding events tend to follow a formula. And formulas by nature make events very predictable because that's, you know, that's what formulas do. They are basically blueprints to the assignment. So that level of predictability of knowing in advance what happens when and where aligns really well with the strengths of prime lenses and their ability to maximize your image quality. So it's not a universal rule, but a lot of really good primes are simply sharper edge to edge than their zoom counterparts. They are typically faster than their zoom counterparts. They give you that beautiful separation between the foreground and the background, more pleasing bokeh, you name it. So a lot of good prime lenses can be optically superior. And so to me, when assignment is predictable, you know who's going to stand where, how many of them are there, what they might be doing and for how long, that information is going to give you 
a really good game plan for how you set up your shoot. And it's not like sports photography where unpredictable things happen, right? Like you don't know where the quarterback is really going to throw the ball. And all of a sudden, you might need to zoom back or pull back from 300 millimeters to 100 millimeters in the blink of an eye. There's less on a wedding day that I think you're going to have to account for the unpredictable or make an immediate adjustment to get the shot. Now, of course, not all couples abide by the same standard of ceremony. There are small weddings. There are large weddings. There are elopements. There are a multitude of different cultures who bring their own traditions of celebration. So I'm not saying there aren't going to be some curveballs thrown your way here and there. But typically when you go through a wedding photography process, especially as a lead photographer, more than likely you're going to get some sort of rundown of the wedding itinerary in advance. So it's either going to come from, let's say, the wedding planner or the couple getting married or their parents or somebody there who can run you through the itinerary of how long the ceremony is going to last, how much time you might have for portraits, how big that formals list is, right? And all the combinations that you have to go through there. So that's going to inform you of how much time to allot for family pictures and your own other creative ideas. You're also likely going to arrive to the location, at least I would hope, uh, maybe an hour before people start to actually fill in and arrive. So you have time to strategize your game plan to see what the light is giving you, where it's going to be when the sun goes down, uh, what the backdrops look like, etc. And so with all of that information and that preparation, you limit the amount of unpredictability that could happen on a wedding day. And so as a general rule for me, this doesn't have to be the way for you or for anyone else, but generally the more predictable a shoot is, or the more control and influence I have on the shoot or others have on the shoot, like for instance, a wedding planner or a director of photography, right? The more I'm going to rely on primes to optimize image quality. So that means lifestyle work, portraits, uh, some commercial shoots, depending on the project. And of course, weddings, I will favor the prime lenses. And conversely, of course, the more unpredictable the shoot is, the more I'm going to rely on zooms to provide that safety net just in case I'm too close or too far away from the action at the moment it happens. Now, the second reason why I think wedding shooters tend to favor primes is the aesthetic that it provides. And I touched on the image quality in the first reason, but to kind of elaborate on what I mean just a little bit further about image quality in particular, I think wedding photography lends itself well to shallow depth of field specifically, which primes tend to be very, very good at. So a 50 millimeter 1.2, for instance, is going to look wildly different than a 24 to 70 f2.8 zoomed in at 50 millimeters, right? And so if you don't believe me, just rent the lenses and try and compare the two. I mean, it's night and day in terms of the aesthetic. Now, I'm not saying that shallow depth of field aesthetic is universally preferred or the universal better option. I don't want to put that out there in the world. You can ruin a great moment by shooting wide open just as easily as you can ruin a moment stopping too far down. What I am saying, though, is wedding clients tend to love this style because most people hiring you to shoot their wedding are not viewing it from any other perspective than how did you make us look? And while it might be overdone at times, shooting at 1.4 or 1.8 does tend to look a little bit more flattering than 2.8, particularly when you're taking your couples aside and using them for uh, post portraits. And also just kind of put yourself in your client's shoes for a second here. They are not ad agency creatives. They are not commercial clients. They're not fashion editors, right? They do not have any product or service to sell. They they don't need everything in focus. They actually prefer that shallow depth look. And anytime that you can make your couple happy, that's of course really good business. That's a really good rule of thumb. But just going a little bit further, if you can make mom happy, if you can make dad happy, if you can make grandma, grandpa, the uh, the lost uncles, right? The, the bridal party happy, you can generate 
a lot more referrals, right? That's called third-party marketing, right? Like where people refer you to other people that are also going to get married. That plays a big part in your marketing to get new clients. And it also helps your back-end sales for prints, cards, photo books, calendars, anything like that. So consider that as a return on your investment for quality primes if you're going to be a professional wedding photographer. The third reason why wedding shooters love primes, I would say, is portability. And primes tend to be smaller and lighter than zooms. And at an eight-hour wedding, maybe even longer, just going back and forth on your feet all day, having lighter weight lenses tends to save you in the long run. Now, there is an argument to be made that in order to cover wedding with a wide range of focal lengths, you would need more prime lenses than zoom lenses to make up that ground. So how much portability are you gaining if you have twice as many lenses? And to that, I can't really argue. I would just say that because there is more structure at a wedding, because you have already gone over a rundown of the day's itinerary, you have a greater sense of when you have the ability to go to your bag, change lenses, and not miss too much. And I would rather personally do that than having heavier glass on me all day and never changing at all. So obviously, that's more of a personal preference of how you like to work. But for me, lighter is brighter. Now, the other benefit of the smaller size of the lenses is that it allows a little bit more freedom, in my opinion, to get in closer to your subjects without intimidating them with long glass. A 70 to 200 is a fantastic but rather conspicuous lens. You know, bringing that up to your eye to take a photo, even if you're pretty far away from your subject, might alert them to your presence. It just stands out. So occasionally it can put people on edge, whereas shooting with an 85 or a 105 or maybe a 135 might not raise as many eyebrows. This uh, allows me to be a little bit more discreet, you know, to be a fly on the wall for those journalistic moments that I think really make an album. So that's just another reason why working with smaller and lighter kits can be really beneficial in the field. The fourth reason why I think wedding photographers love Prime so much are for the low light capabilities and the situations that wedding photographers tend to find themselves in. Now, there are multiple benefits to shooting at wide apertures, one of them, of course, being the shallow depth of field that I had just talked about. But the other aspect is you can shoot in lower light situations without compromising as much in your image. So typically, when the light is low, you either have to do one of a few different things. You can either increase your ISO, which will increase the amount of noise in your images. You can slow your shutter down, which limits the amount of sharpness in your image, particularly if the subject is moving. Or you could add artificial lighting, which may or may not fit your style or the mood of the moment. But with faster lenses, you have more capabilities to nail exposure in low light situations while also freezing action and keeping your image noise down. Now, the one downside to shooting wide open, I would say typically, is you may not get what you want in focus in focus. And this really happened to me all the time with my DSLRs. If I broke out my 85 1.4, especially at an event where I don't really know what's going to happen... I might nail focus like 25 to 30% of the time if I'm opening all the way up. And the darker it gets, it's probably going to go down to like 5 or 10%. It's really crazy, terrible percentages. But with how good the modern autofocusing has gotten in mirrorless bodies today, there's just this growing confidence in all the photographers that I know to nail focus at wide open apertures regardless of the situation. So what was typically, let's say, a 30% success rate for me might now be closer to 75 or 80%. It's gotten that much better. So the value of having really fast primes has actually, in my opinion, risen because the consistency of focus is no longer a workflow detriment. It is no longer solely contingent upon a controlled setting to deliver good images. You can really take full advantage, maximum advantage of a fast prime today without much compromise. 
And the fifth and final reason why I think um, photographers, wedding photographers, love shooting with prime lenses, and I would say this is the most important reason of them all, is because I believe it can help boost your creativity. And again, this doesn't apply universally. You might be at your best with a zoom lens, but for everybody else, for many shooters out there who mostly rely on zooms for their typical assignments, I would say that if given the opportunity to work with primes for a whole job, they will inherently experience a shift in mentality. Primes, just by the nature of their focal length limitations, can really spark energy. I think it forces movement for you to get the composition or the framing that you want. You know, you have to move your feet in, you have to move your feet out. It's a very kinetic shift in approach. And I would say this, in particular, when you want to get close to a subject, let's just say a moment's happening in front of you um, that you really want to capture, something that's somewhat emotional. I think there's a tangible difference in impact when you can get in close with your feet as opposed to just like zooming in. Getting close in with a 35 can deliver a completely different feel, a, di- a different emotion than simply zooming in with, let's say, a 24 to 70. So even though it might feel constricting to work within the parameters of a fixed focal length, I, I actually think it can actually open up your mind to working an event. The more you do it, the more muscle memory you build in your sense of physical spacing between your subjects and yourself, and you're able to shoot far more intuitively than just relying solely on zooms. Now, with all of that being said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with shooting weddings on zooms. I'm not trying to be elitist here. I'm not a prime purist. There are moments, I would say, that are preferable to using zooms at a wedding, particularly in the ceremony stage where, you know, moving up and down the aisles, trying to get close to the action might be highly distracting. I would say that's probably not the most appropriate sensibility to have. Um, But furthermore, how you like to work is how you like to work. So I wouldn't overthink this debate too much. If you only shoot a handful of weddings a year, don't go out of your way to necessarily buy $1,500 prime lenses if that's just not something that you value. Yes, I would say the large majority of pro wedding photographers use primes as their primary kit. But if you don't have the resources or the creative itch to change things up, just keep working on your skills with the tools that you do have. You know, if you prefer staying farther back from your subjects to capture moments, don't feel pressured to quote unquote do as the pros do. All right. Now, one thing that I did not mention is that at all times, I think you should be shooting with two camera bodies on you. I don't know where you might be in your journey, but uh, you don't want to be consistently switching lenses on one camera. And then furthermore, you don't want to risk having one camera go down and then have zero ability to make pictures for your client. That would just be uh, a terrible business choice. So 100% don't take on a wedding client if you have just one body. Okay. But presuming that you know that everyone evolves at their own pace and whether you prefer the look and handle of a prime lens or a zoom lens is really not something that you should spend an inordinate amount of time on, okay? What gear you use is ultimately less important and I would say less impactful than your passion for delivering good images and creating a great experience for your client. So don't forget that, all right? So that's gonna do it for me today, folks. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the content. Hit the like and subscribe button wherever you're listening to this show. Enjoy the rest of your day and I will see you guys next week. What's up, entrepreneurs? Thank you for tuning in and making it all the way to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed the content you just listened to, hit subscribe and tune in again next week. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Entrepreneurs Pod for updates, promos, and giveaway contests that we run throughout the year. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out our really cool website, EntrepreneursPod.com. It's a great resource for you to download informational PDFs and booklets, access discount codes from our amazing affiliates, and read what our audience is up to on our community blog. For now, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, supporting the show, and being a part of this journey. This is Michael Durr signing off for now, Entrepreneurs Season 2. Let's go.
This episode of Entrepreneurs was brought to you by Bay Photo Lab. First-time orders receive 25% off on any professional photo printing product or service. Yes, I said 25%. Just go to bayphoto.com to browse the amazing selection of gifts, prints, and displays. That's bayphoto.com once again. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.